and welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies, and today our topic is pranic healing, and our guest is Master Stephen Coe, senior disciple and personal student of Grandmaster Chao Kok Sui, the founder of pranic healing. Master Coe and his wife started the first pranic healing center outside of the Philippines, and today he's the United States Master Pranic Healer and Senior Certified Instructor. He's also the co-author of the book, Your Hands Can Heal You. Prana is actually a Sanskrit word that means life force, isn't it? That's correct. In Chinese, they call it qi, and in Japanese, they call it ki. And it's interesting that in the Hawaiian tradition, they call it mana, just like mana from heaven. And sure enough, without life force, no life exists. So all these different views all really share a lot of concepts together, don't they? Absolutely. There's only one truth, and it's expressed different ways. Who was Grandmaster Chao Kok Sui, and how did he come up with pranic healing? Well, Grandmaster Chao Kok Sui is a very gifted man. For many, many years, even since his teenage years, he was already exploring energy, healing, and he had a lot of friends that were very gifted, that would see the aura, that have contacts with high-level teachers. And through this interaction with them, he started to experiment on different healing healing modalities all over the world. And he noticed that every ailment has a unique energy pattern. And using specific techniques, one could actually learn how to systematically help others using this recipe or protocols for each of these elements. And in a very short time, he was able to disseminate these teachings all over the world. There are certain concepts that I think that your audience might want to know. Number one is the body heals itself. I think we know that. The other thing that people are not very aware of is in order for the body to heal itself, it requires fuel or prana. And this prana is supposed to be absorbed by your energy centers, through your aura, and then it goes into your organs. Now, when a person goes through emotional turmoil or when a person gets injured or a person is constantly in energetically or physically harmful environment, instead of this life force being able to flow through smoothly, it is blocked, it is uh, constricted. So instead of the life force going in and nourishing our organs, nourishing our different systems like the circulatory system, respiratory system, and so on and so on, the life force doesn't go in, so it causes the physical body to be starving of this energy. When it starts with this energy, then the physical organ starts to deteriorate. That's one possible cause of illness. The other one is when a person goes through extreme emotional turmoil, the body generates what is called negative emotional energies. So these negative emotional energies are basically lower vibration than the physical body and your energy field. So when this lower vibratory energies get stuck in a specific meridian or channel, then it manifests as a block or a hindrance for this flowing and this life force from the environment to come in. So eventually, when more one or more of these energy centers are not what they call this uh, absorbing the fresh life force, the body starts to quote unquote get diseased. What is our energy anatomy? The energy anatomy first consists of the energy centers, which are the chakras. The word chakra means wheel in Sanskrit, and that's because with people who could see energy they would see these spinning wheels. When it spins one direction, it absorbs life force from the environment. When it spins the other way around, the other direction, it releases byproducts, just very similar to you inhale air, you exhale carbon dioxide. So these chakras inhale fresh prana or life force, and it releases byproducts. From there, this energy that is absorbed by these chakras are distributed throughout the body through energy channels or meridians. From there, the aura is created by the flowing of this life force to the channels and to the body. Not very different from in electronics 
when current goes through a piece of wire, it creates a magnetic field. So when light current goes through your energy channels, it also creates an aura. So this is basically what you call your energy anatomy. Your energetic anatomy essentially has 11 major chakras, and each of these chakras have a physical function. In other words, it controls one or more physical organs. These 11 major chakras also have emotional and psychological functions. For example, if you have the heart chakra, which most people know is in charge of your heart, at the same time, this heart chakra also allows you to feel love and compassion for others. So these energy centers and your meridians and your aura are critical parts of your so-called energetic anatomy. Cleaning bad or dirty prana energy is very important to the healing process, isn't it? Definitely. A lot of people don't realize that your body goes through a lot every day. Assume in an emotional environment that might, that might be a little toxic, you had an argument with someone, that's on an emotional level, or you live in a very polluted place, or uh, part of it is hereditary, that certain parts of your body are not that healthy. So all these things have a tendency to manifest blockages in the flow of energy. So what we do in pranic healing is whatever a person's ailment or disorder is, the very first thing that we do is to remove these blockages. It's just like if you have a cup of stale coffee, you're not going to keep pouring fresh coffee until the fresh coffee displaces the old coffee, right? But in healing, a lot of people do that. They just put energy into somebody's body with the intention of healing them. Of course, you know, very, this concept of cleansing is actually not very popular. Very few people actually are aware of it. So when they give energy to someone, most people do feel better. The only problem is sometimes the person goes through a radical reaction because somebody's so-called blockages are actually pushed deeper, and the next few days it actually comes out in the form of diarrhea or vomiting which a lot of that can be prevented if a person were to do a lot of cleansing first, remove all these blockages, and that is done through a sweeping motion in pranic healing. We usually spend somewhere like 75% um, of the session actually doing sweeping and cleansing because we notice that just by doing this cleansing or sweeping motion on different specific parts of the body, the person actually starts to feel better and feel more energized. And with that, then the healer or the practitioner does not have to actually give as much energy because the body becomes a self-repairing entity. What are some of the other ways that pranic healing works with the body's natural healing ability? Another way that pranic healing works with the body is when a person learns how to do deep abdominal breathing. In deep abdominal breathing, or what we call pranic breathing, the body actually works like a pump. So with rhythmic breathing, you're able to, as you inhale, absorb a tremendous amount of life force. As you exhale, expel a lot of cell energy in the body. Now, this is the effect of recharging the body as well as calming the emotions and stilling the mind. So that's one way to do it. Another way that we work with energy body is through what is called meditation twin heart. You see, a lot of people don't realize this life force actually has many frequencies. A lot of people think air is air, but if you think about it, you know, air has a lot of contents. You could have uh, oxygen, nitrogen, and whatever else is inside. Similarly, this so-called prana or life force actually have different frequencies built in. It's just like the color of the rainbow. So this life force, or prana, when it's absorbed by the body, the body through the chakras actually break it down into seven different colors or seven different frequencies. So what we try to do in pranic healing and also in the meditation between hearts is when we do this meditation, we pull in a tremendous amount of even higher frequency coming down your crown called divine energy. So when this divine energy comes into your body, your body absorbs it and breaks it down into the different colors and your body actually, your body and your different organs actually absorb it on different levels to nourish, it, nourish itself. So that's on the physical level. On the emotional level, when this tremendous amount of downpouring of spiritual energy comes down, it has the effect of flushing out our negative thoughts, our negative emotions, especially a lot of the negative thoughts that people have been throwing at us, either consciously or subconsciously. In, in other words, 
this meditation can be used for healing psychic attack or let's just say psychic intrusions. But more importantly, when we do this meditation, not only is it for healing, it is actually to increase the spiritual connectedness we have with, with each other and also with God. So in Meditation Twin Hearts, it's for physical healing, it's for emotional healing, it is also for spiritual connection. Are different colors of prana used during a single treatment? Definitely. For example, when a person eats, the throat chakra, the solar plexus, and the navel normally produce green energy. This green energy is what's used in nature to break things down. For example, when you hear of people doing smudging with sage, one of the cleansing agents within sage, it, has, it radiates green energy that breaks down the dirty energy in the place you're trying to clean. A lot of people also light sandalwood incense that has a lot of green energy that's also for cleansing. A lot of people eat Japanese food where they eat raw fish, and in their soy sauce they make this yellow horse. I'm sorry, not, red, not yellow, this green horseradish called wasabi, which is also green energy. So this green energy that is produced by these three chakras, the throat, salt, plexus, and navel, enable you to digest your food. Now, if a person has indigestion, what we try to do in primary healing is use the same colors that the body utilizes to repair and maintain itself. So in advanced primary healing, after we clean out any kind of blockages, we literally radiate the same energy frequency into those three chakras, thereby helping the body repair itself, restoring digestion. So that's just a very simple example. When somebody has um, constipation, when a woman has menstrual cramps, we use the color orange because orange is the color the body uses anytime it wants to expel something. So when we put the proper amount of orange energy into the navel for somebody that's constipation, we relieve the constipation. When a woman is having menstrual cramps, when you project proper amounts of orange prana to the sex center in the navel, the cramp goes away within 5-10 minutes. So these are the things that are as natural as you can get. The body uses certain frequencies or colors, and what we try to do in pranic healing is duplicate that effect and give it to the body so the body can maintain and repair itself. This energy manipulation, is it done with the physical hands, or are you using your own energy to move another person's energy? It's a combination of many different things. Number one, there has to be mind intent. So first we assess using our hands to see what parts of the body of the person you're working on or yourself have deficient energy or has too much energy. And with the use of intent, we use our hands plus visualization to remove the blockages and to project the proper amount of color to the area to be able to allow it to heal itself. So it's a combination of both the movement of the hands and mind intent. What does it feel like to have this energy going through your hands or through your body? Different people feel different things with this energy. Personally, when I first started, for the first four years, I didn't feel a single thing. And that's because I'm an engineer by trade, and uh, I was a very strict Southern Baptist, so my mind really fought every step of the way <laughs> whenever I felt energy. Yet, I was able to produce results. Now, most people, they feel tingling in their hands. Uh, a lot of pe- people feel a, a gentle, loving warmth go through their hands. Uh, a lot of people, uh, when they're doing healing, they can feel a, a pressure of energy going through their body and through their channel. So different people different things, feel different things. During the meditation, though, we, we did notice most people feel an inner peace, a stillness, and overall they feel like a lot of the stress has been washed off their body. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. 
What types of health problems respond especially well to pranic healing? In my own personal experience, we've noticed that a lot of respiratory elements respond very well to pranic healing. We have students that in one of the classes, somebody lit incense right in front of her, and her body had an asthmatic attack right before class. So in front of the class, we end up actually having to do the treatment, the pranic healing technique on asthma, right before the class started. And within 15 minutes, the attack stopped. That was 2003. So it's 2009 right now, so it's been, what, six years? She only had one other attack. Yeah, only one attack since then, and that was because they had some um, trees that had a lot of, uh, I think walnut trees that had a lot of stuff come out. But other than that, a year ago she went to the doctor. Surprisingly, the doctors couldn't find the, the sound when they put the stethoscope. So respiratory responds very well. Another thing that responds very well is musculoskeletal problems. That's why in class what we try to do is pair up people and have them work on each other. And we usually ask the person, say, hey, ask your partner if they have any aches and pains. And using the techniques, a lot of students are able to make a substantial improvement in the other person's body just within 15, 20 minutes of practice. But you see, Alan, one thing that people have to realize is this. Whatever the ailment is, there is going to be a pattern that will show up in the energy field. And what we try to do is this. We know the physical body follows the pattern of the energy body and the energy body being the energetic anatomy. So what we try to do in pranic healing is we're just trying to restore the original healthy state of the energy body, and the physical body will now have to follow that new pattern. So the body will now absorb life force from the environment and also from the healer in its process of trying to duplicate that new blueprint or that new energy body pattern, and that's essentially what healing is. Is pranic healing something that's best done when there is a health problem, or should it be done in order to prevent health problems? Based on the theory, or based on the fact that, not really a theory, it's a fact that the physical body follows the energy body, this pranic healing technique can be used for both something to help someone who already has an ailment. At the same time, if we do self-healing on a regular basis, do the meditation for self-healing on a regular basis, we keep the energy field clean, we keep the chakras normal and healthy, thereby preventing illness from manifesting. So it's actually useful for both. This is kind of a follow-up on that same thought. In today's stressful world, how important is energy hygiene? Oh, it's critical. A lot of people don't realize that when they're at work, when they're in relationships, you know, negative thoughts, negative emotions, trying to meet deadlines, all these things create havoc on the energy field. And as it creates havoc in the energy field, it causes blockages, preventing fresh energies and flow to flow into the proper places, which all of these manifest as indigestion, headaches, anger, stress, and so on and so on. So what we try to do in pranic healing is teach people how to do energy hygiene even though they're not doing healing. That means they, do, they go home, take salt water baths, they do meditation, they do self-cleansing. Pranic healing, we also teach them how to cut cords from people who don't like them. So all these different techniques are done not only if there's an ailment, but more of to deal with life. So you can face life even though you have a lot of things to do and uh, many deadlines and so on. You can do it with confidence and still with clarity of mind. What effect does using crystals have on pranic healing? A crystal is essentially what is called an energy condenser or an energy amplifier. So a crystal can be used in pranic healing, as we do in pranic crystal healing. Instead of the healer projecting energy out of his hands, he will project the energy through the crystal, and the crystal will thereby amplify it. So it will be, instead of projecting, for example, 10 gallons of energy per second, it will be like 50 gallons of energy per second. So it's used 
to amplify one's healing energy. It can also be used for protection. One person, if a person wears certain specific crystals, it can be used to shield oneself from negative environments. It can also be used to attract certain kind of energies. For example, like we've recommended for people who are, uh, what do you call this, uh, lonely or not having that many friends, if the heart chakra is more activated, they have a tendency to magnetize people and people find them more pleasant. So if they were to wear a rose quartz on the heart center, it will magnify the loving effect of the heart, thereby increasing the probability that people will like you more. So crystals have a tendency to magnify many, many things, and that's not just quartz crystal, but also the gemstones that we wear. Your book, Your Hands Can Heal You, was written along with Dr. Eric Robbins. What did a Western medical doctor think of pranic healing? Well, we're very fortunate because Dr. Eric Robbins is one of those medical doctors that, in addition to traditional medicine, he wants to find any way that he can make his patients improve faster. So he was dabbling into hypnosis. He was dabbling into many different things before he got a hold of pranic healing. So he decided to pick up a pranic healing book, the original book written by my teacher a long, long time ago, and he started practicing on his patients in the, in the hospital. As they keep improving, he says, hey, there's something here. So he decided to take a class, and he was to incorporate some of the techniques in pranic healing on his patients in the hospital. And just as importantly, one thing he, he said that really helped him is the energy hygiene that we teach in pranic healing. A lot of times as a medical doctor, he sees sick patients from morning to night. At the end of the day, his body feels tired. He's been dumped on emotionally by all the sick people. So he needed something to just literally recharge his body. And through pranic healing, he learned how to cut the energy cords, he learned how to do deep breathing. He learned how to wear a green tourmaline stone on his hand to be able to shed a lot of the negative thoughts and emotions that might be clinging to his aura. So he was able to do a lot of these things, not only for his patient, but also for self-preservation. And one thing that Pranic Healing offers a lot of our students, including Reiki masters, massage therapists, doctors, nurses, and all different people from all walks of life is whatever you're doing in your life, using Pranic Healing, you can help preserve your energy. You can stop people from draining you. It can also be used to protect yourself from the negative stuff that's being thrown at you. So as a medical doctor, he loved it. It, it really changes life. How can someone learn pranic healing? There are many ways. One of the ways they can do it is read a book. Depending on the person's level of uh, understanding of energy, they can read a book. I mean, that's how Dr. Robbins did it. He picked up a book. He tried it. He noticed he had success with it. So decided to take a class. So you can read it from a book, learn to do the simple stuff, and then to get really good at it. We have classes that are being taught all over the world. And all you have to do is go to our website, do a Google or a search on the Internet for pranic healing. There are many, many instructors and teachers that teach us all over the world. Master Ko, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me about pranic healing tonight. Anyone wanting to learn more about pranic healing should check out the association's website at www dot p-r-a-n-i-c-h-e-a-l-i-n-g dot com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back again next week with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.